City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to The Stinger. I am James Plowett, your host. And joining me today, special guest, Jacob Rude of Silver Screen and Roll. Jacob, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's uh, it's an interesting time in Lakerland right now. It's uh, it's not a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I enjoy basketball season being back in general. I just wish I had a more fun team to root for, though you guys might be able to kind of relate to that to some degree. I, I- yeah, I feel like the Hornets and Lakers are that Spider-Man meme, like pointing to each other. I mean, but at least I think at least Charlotte can point to their best players being injured. I know AD's missed some time and here and there, but the Lakers, for the most part, it's not they've not had the same injury problems as Charlotte. And yeah, not the not the ideal start to the season. And the are the old Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for two first trade, which has been thrown about more times than like a bad present at Christmas, which is a gifted back and forth. Uh, that seems to have gone very quiet now, as everyone seems to have admitted that the Lakers are nowhere near contention. Um, but yeah, it sounds like it's been a, an interesting time over covering the Lakers. Yeah, it's uh, it's very quickly went from um, we need to do this Buddy Miles trade to to salvage anything to it being a question of like, well, is it worth salvaging at this point? <laughs> like, we're we're eleven games in, and this team looked awful. Like. Are these two guys really going to actually even help us all that much? Uh, it is, and as you said, it's not really been injuries. There's been a couple role players injured, but nobody that's. Uh, well, I mean, as we speak, LeBron went off last night, so I, it it might be worse than that at this point. But um, those two have been largely healthy. They've each missed a game this season, and it's been everybody else uh, around them that has uh, struggled mightily for the most part this season, and it has been. Yeah. Yeah, at least with the Hornets, you can point as well to be like, well, we have LaMelo and we have these young pieces. Uh, the Lakers are supposed to be in win-now mode, and they are not winning at all. Well, the the New Orleans Pelicans are very happy right now. But um, yeah. th- the reason we've got you on today, Jacob, uh, is to talk about Anthony Davis because uh, Bill Simmons on a recent podcast uh, kind of alluded and said that there's been murmurings or it's been out there that – that you know they can't trade LeBron James this season. Russell Westbrook, you'd have to attach picks for. So if the if the Lakers want to make a move of some sorts this off season, this season, sorry, that it would be Anthony Davis who they could potentially contemplate on trading. And um, 
the Charlotte Hornets, you know, makes some sense on paper. And I want to speak to you today a little bit about um, the the maybe likelihood of that, what the Lakers would be looking for in turn, and just, just kind of throw around some ideas. But before we do that, uh, why don't you tell people where they can read you, where they can listen to you if they want to hear more info about the Lakers or on Anthony Davis generally? Yeah, I mean, I've covered the Lakers off and on for a long time, many years, but most recently I've been at Silver Screen and Roll and I've uh, been covering them since the start of last season. Now, before that, I was covering the Hornets in LaMelo's rookie year. Um, I used to write for, it's not, as we discussed before we went live, it's not even around anymore. It's called, it was called Lonzo Wire, but it was covering the ball family. So uh, I, I've watched pretty much all of this roster, the Hornets up close, uh, firsthand during that rookie season. So, uh, I I'm familiar with, uh, most of the roster still at this point. And then obviously having covered the Lakers as well is, uh, it's given me yep. some interesting insight into to some of the moves these two teams have made. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to have you on. Cause there's probably no person better placed who has a better knowledge of both teams to, to speak to about this. So as we get into the, the AD discussion here, um, what do you generally think when you heard the, the reports on Bill's podcast? Um, was that something that, that surprised you that you heard him saying it? Is it something you agreed with? Um, you know, Bill Simmons is known for throwing a lot of stuff out there, right? Uh, is, does this pass the smell test for you in Lakers world? Uh, I mean, the short answer is no. I, I don't think that um, AD is really that available. Um, the longer answer is kind of the phrasing he was using. It was like there's buzzing around, and the NBA is a gossipy league. There probably always is people talking about, well, what if AD is available, and how long are the Lakers going to wait to trade him and stuff like that? I don't see the Lakers trading Anthony Davis unless Anthony Davis asks for a trade, and there's not been any remote indication of that. Uh, but, I mean, his general point is fair in that the Lakers can't trade LeBron. This, As we were saying, this is a team in a really bad place right now, so if there was a move to make to try to improve things, it, Anthony Davis is like the only guy that you can really do that with. So um, in that sense, it, it, it makes sense, but I, I don't know how, unless things get really, really bad and the future of the franchise looks really, really bad. I don't think that the team would be all that interested in trading Anthony Davis right now. Yeah. And the, the, Obviously, for this year, for the Lakers tanking wouldn't have much value to them, right? Because I know the the draft pick is currently owned by the New Orleans Pelicans. Is that is that unprotected that pick? Well, it's a pick swap, so effectively, yeah. Okay, they so, can, so it's they, a full pick can, swap, right? Yeah, they can choose to swap the pick or not, and based on the first month of the season, I think they're probably going to choose to do that. Yeah. Okay, so like like you said, you think it's unlikely he will be available, but there is a world where it could happen depending how things go. If if they did move on with that in mind, do you think it means that the would the Lakers be looking for a an all-star back type of package? Do you think they'd be looking for a draft pick heavy package? Or is it kind of hard to say and they could go in either direction? Well, I think a lot of it would depend. I mean, I was kind of having this conversation with fellow Laker fans uh, recently in that 
I don't think that LeBron or AD would ask for a trade without the other one doing the same, basically. I think these two are just kind of tied to the Lakers together at this point. Um, I mean, they they are obviously both clutch clients. LeBron campaigned really hard to get him here. I think as long as one's here, the other one's here, at least under their current contracts. Um, so, and that's... I, I, I guess if AD's asking out, I assume LeBron's probably not going to stick around. Um, but I mean, I, that's a lot of projection. If it was, if it was just only AD wanting out and LeBron staying, I'm kind of of the mindset that as long as LeBron's on your team, you have to go for as many wins as possible and kind of go for it. Um, that is a lot harder to do if you're trading Anthony Davis, but um, yeah, I, I, I would think that what they would want, assuming LeBron is staying is just like impact players win now. Now, if both of them are leaving, then obviously it's just as much for the future, trying to recoup some of the draft picks that they lost and whatnot. But, um, in a scenario where LeBron's staying around and AD is the guy that they decide, Hey, we need to try to salvage something. Yeah, it would be win-now pieces that I think they'd be looking for to a, an all-star, ideally. Um, I, honestly, that might be a baseline is to bring back an all-star, but uh, pieces around LeBron that that makes sense, which the Lakers uh, have struggled to do aside from the one title team they've had. Um, but it, it would be as much win-now talent as you could get. Now, from so from a Hornets perspective, there obviously with that in mind, you think a, an All Star being the baseline level player, the the only All Star on the team is Lamelo Ball, and they would not be parting ways with Lamelo Ball. And in, if that would be the case, I think it would be a pretty uphill battle for Charlotte to get involved. If it was a straight two team trade, there's obviously three, four team variables, but they're so hard to project, and it's, I, I don't even think it's worth touching those too, too much, really. But what Charlotte can offer are some kind of good starting level players with a combination with draft picks. So a, a Gordon Hayward and or Terry Rozier with a, a bevy of draft picks, depending on what Miles Bridges is or isn't, uh, who knows, but maybe he would be someone who could also be included. Um, do you think the Lakers would have, you know, there's been, there's been already reported interest in Terry Rozier. I don't think that will have been for Anthony Davis, but do you think there'll be any interest in a kind of a a mixed package where Charlotte would send a couple of good players back, uh, starter level players with I don't know three first round picks or something of that nature? Do you think that would be like do you, looking across the NBA? Are there other deals out there that Lakers fans and yourself can see which make maybe more sense for the Lakers? Yeah, I was trying to. Um on the trade machine trying to figure out what would work best. Um, even as much of a win now mode as they're in, the Lakers would want to recoup some of those draft picks. If yeah, for nothing else, to just, yeah. If for nothing else, just to trade them away later yeah. and have those available. Um, and so Charlotte do, first round picks are pretty valuable too, because they don't yeah, have a great yeah. track record of being, you know, anything other than inside the top 15. Yeah. So, there would be a number of first round picks after that. I mean, I think you would have to do Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. And I, I put PJ Washington in here. I know he's 
coming up on uh, restricted free agency. So um, I, you're going to have to pay up for him, but Mm -hmm. uh, I I think he's someone that is still young enough and valuable enough um, as a young guy to, and he can, I mean, he's a, he's a good player now. So like you can, um, you can still play him and be in a win now mode and you can give him a contract and and use some of those picks maybe and him as kind of salary ballast to um to do a trade down the road he feels like a lebron player he feels like he'd fit really nicely next to lebron like space to floor for him um can punish mismatches like is pretty good defender pretty versatile defender like i i could see him being a really good guy to fit around lebron james yeah and i i felt the same way since uh I mean, when there were rumors about the Lakers like trading Russ to uh, the Hornets and in all those deals and the interest they've had in in uh, Terry Rozier, I've I've tried to figure out ways in which it makes sense to bring back uh, PJ Washington, just because I think he would be, uh, like you said, a great fit next to LeBron um, because he's a shooter and can space the floor, and the Lakers don't have a lot of those. Uh, and he can play a, a good kind of small ball center to to take away some of those tougher matchups from LeBron as well. Um, the problem is kind of after that, it gets a there's a, a bit of a dip before the next kind of best win now player that is. Uh, I mean, there's good role players. Um, Kelly Oubre, though, he's on an expiring, like same with Mason Plumlee. Maybe that's attractive to the Lakers to to get off some money. Um, they don't really have long-term contracts outside of LeBron and AD anyway, though, right now. Um, so after that, it's, I, I don't know that, um, basically a trade of Hayward, Rozier, PJ Washington for AD, and then however many draft picks kind of get thrown in there as well. My thought would be somebody would be able to, to best that. I haven't put a lot of thought into who. 80s in kind of this weird spot right now. The Lakers aren't going to obviously be able to get back what they traded for him in terms of value, but he's still a really good big man. And in this season, he, I mean, it's kind of faded a little bit in the last couple games, but he started out the year as one of the best defenders in the league. And he was kind of holding together a Lakers um, defense that, was largely not full of good defenders and he was making it look really good. It was top of the league for the first about three weeks of the season. Um, so he's, he's still a, an elite defender, I think, and someone that can um, be a force offensively, obviously that kind of wanes. So it, it's a weird situation that the Lakers would be in with him trying to find, value for him and who's going to give up what for him because you have to find a team that could see him as kind of the final piece to put them over the top but also have a lot of valuable pieces to send back to the Lakers and especially if they want win now guys like you're not going to find a team that's going to trade for him to put them over the top and give you back guys that can help win now so it is a bit of a tricky situation. I've just been looking at, at the trade machine while doing this and trying to figure out yeah. a way to piece together a trade because if you do Hayward Rozier and PJ Washington, 
you still need to cut another nine million dollars off what the Lakers are sending out. So well, so, so, I mean, so it, I, I looked into this, and it, what works is Hayward, Rozier, and Washington for Davis and Beverly, right? Oh um, yeah, that would be fine then. Yeah, yeah, that works financially. Um, but you're then literally trading three of your starting five for Anthony Davis. But I, I do like yeah. we 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 do have to remember here it is a star league, like. You need to pair the metal ball with additional stars. And Anthony Davis is that. And none of those, Rosier, Hayward, Washington, they're not going to be star players that you can, you know, funnel everything through on a, on a great team. They're not going to help you lead to a good defense, which the Charlotte team has generally struggled with. Uh, I think like those three players on that trade, I actually like, I would almost do that. But the problem is, you know, Lakers will be asking for like at least two or three firsts. And that's where yeah. I think where you're trading three fifths of your starting lineup and then you're trading your first you don't have a future if you're charlotte so that's where i think you run up against uh the challenge here uh is that if they are trading ad and they're not getting an all-star player back like we said they're going to want good players back and first round picks and i think that's where the real challenge is nba fans the nba action is just getting started and so the incredible offers at DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and they get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So check this out. Right now, everyone can up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets of which team will win, rebounds, player props as well. So a couple of tips. I've been doing well on the Hornets this year. Bet the Hornets unders, especially when they're missing quite a few players at the minute. Total points unders, I think, is hit in four games in a row. Got a couple of player props to look out for. PJ Washington, when he's got good matchups where he's not going to get into foul trouble, try and go for the over. So he's got uh, Caleb Martin coming up for the Miami Heat, Kyle Kuzma. I like those matchups for him. It's not like where he's having to match up with Sabonis. So go over for PJ Washington. Also for those players coming back, Rosier, uh, maybe Dennis Smith Jr., Cody Martin. Take the unders, because they're going to be limited in minutes. They're going to be a little bit slow, so take the unders there. And then, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. So, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see the show notes for details. The reason for Charlotte to do it, which, you know, this is this is an interesting one. Anthony Davis is 29 years old. Um, he is still an elite defender when he's on the court. Um, he would give the team uh, a veteran presence. This team doesn't really have much, like, veteran leadership like Terry Rozier is probably like the veteran leader for the team right now and even like Terry's only 26 and Terry is a good player but he has never reached the levels of Anthony Davis in terms of his experience as a championship player his experience being a number one option his experience being around LeBron and playing on the biggest stages um so that's something he would add like this like Melo Ball is not a good defender you know that has not changed since you were covering the team uh so having Anthony Davis if available which we'll come on to would be massive for this Hornets defense. Um, 
and for Steve Clifford to potentially be able to have a weapon like AD in the defensive end, I think would be really exciting. It also gives Lamelo a pick and roll partner. Uh, you know, yeah. Anthony Davis has not been a good shooter since the bubble. Now he's been one of the worst shooters in the NBA, uh, but he is still good scoring around the rim. I, I, I think there's still reason to think that he could one day go back to being a, a at least an average shooter. But it it would also be interesting to go full circle, right? Michael Jordan tanked 2012, a decade ago. He tanked the 2012 season. Anthony Davis was the prize at the end of that, and they got the second pick. And a decade on, could Jordan finally get his guy? Like, there's a nice kind of full circle narrative there, which I find interesting. The problem, the flip side of that, is Anthony Davis is on the decline. It is clear. If you look at his numbers, he's declining. He is a guy who has had several injury issues and he's a seven-footer who's going to be 30 by the end of this season. And it's fair to say, like, how sharp a decline is that going to be with the health? Um, And the other thing is, like, is Anthony Davis going to want to stay in Charlotte after the three years in his contract? And that's the real challenge that I think you face here as well. What if you're just trading for a better version of Gordon Hayward, who's great when he's on the court, but he's just never on the court. And I think that's what the Hornets to be wrestling with. And I think with that package we discussed, if you could promise me AD was going to be the level of play he is and he didn't have the injury record and I felt there was a chance he would re-sign in, in Charlotte afterwards, then you could maybe persuade me to, to part, part with a pick or two along with those kind of group of four players because that would also actually create you some more financial flexibility getting Rozier and Hayward and Washington off the books going forward. So you could go and get other guys with those first round picks or drafting other guys uh, in free agency uh, with with the flexibility created. So that's the like the the torn nature of the, the both sides of the coin, I think, from the Charlotte Hornets side. And for me, with those questions, it just doesn't make enough sense. And like sometimes when you look at things like Anthony Davis, the Charlotte Hornets, that would be like, what was it when Paul George got traded to like OKC? Um, like these things just happen sometimes when you're like, that just doesn't seem right. Why is the person X gone there? And that's kind of what it would feel like to me. Yeah. I would say that I don't disagree with the point overall. I I would just say it would be really fun to watch LaMelo and AD in the pick and roll because AD, as you said, his three point shooting, I mean, in general, his jump shooting, he had in his career, basically one really good year. Now, the Lakers parlayed that into an NBA title, as you would want to do. But ultimately, he was a good jump shooter for one year. It wasn't – and I mean, I've been guilty of this too. He was a good jump shooter during that season too and then went to the bubble and just continued it. I don't really know what happened after that season, but um, he he's still really, really good at finishing around the rim. Um, and he would be a such a fun – lob thread and pick and roll threat with LaMelo. And the argument would be that Charlotte isn't ever really going to be a free agent destination. So mm-hmm. you want, you're going to need to trade for the superstars. And I could see that down the line being something that they do um, to, but again, it would be to get the final piece, I think to put you over the top in contention. And this wouldn't be, the final piece, this would be kind of a building block. You'd still need one more guy. Now, if you're able, I mean, as you said, you would have a lot more financial flexibility. You would, I think have enough um, 
I don't know the cap situation when LaMelo's contract's up, but basically when his extension would kick in, I think you would have enough time to sign one, maybe maybe even two max guys. And if you're going into a um, meeting with LaMelo and AD, like that's a pretty compelling duo, but you're still requiring a lot of work and a lot of uncertainty to get to that title contention phase. So if this was like maybe two, three years down the line and the Hornets kind of timeline they're on now and AD was out there and available, it would make more sense to trade for him. But kind of where they are now, you would want to trade for somebody that's, you know, 25, 26, somewhere around there. Not somebody, as you said, who's 30. Yeah, well, yeah, that would have been that have been awesome. I re- I really wanted Donovan uh, Mitchell to go there, but so did uh, I. I was I was pushing the Donovan Mitchell trade bandwagon so hard this summer, and then he's gone to Cleveland. Well, we start playing defense, and now I'm like, yes, exactly why I wanted him in Charlotte. Like he would have been yeah. he would have been perfect. But no, I, I mean, I I do agree. Um, you know, the starting lineup with that after that trade would be like Lamelo Ball. Cody Martin, uh, Kelly Oubre, Anthony Davis, Mason Plumley. Like, where's that getting you in the Eastern Conference this year? Is that is that way better than Cleveland? Is that way better than Atlanta? Uh, it's definitely not better than the Bucks. Like, you could maybe argue it's similar to Philly, but I'd still say they're ahead. So, like, I, I still think that's making you like a a better playing team. The hope is that you might be able to fill out the roster in a, you know a better way going forward, um, but. Yeah, you, the, I think the thing that hurts here is the young players the Hornets drafted the last two seasons, James Bucknight, Kai Jones, JT Thor, Mark Williams, Bryce McGowans. You couldn't trade any one of those players right now for a first-round pick. Maybe Mark Williams, but like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm out on any of those players. Um, I think they've all still got potential, but to this point, they've not increased their value enough in the league that you could cash them in in, a, in an Anthony Davis trade instead of a first-round pick, really. Um, Mark Williams probably still the only one, but uh, the rest of them, like people want the first. They're not going to be wanting Kai Jones or James Bucknight. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I share your your skepticism on this, but an interesting thought exercise. And if if there are, if if Anthony Davis wants out, if the Lakers are committed to, we have to trade him, we have to get rid of him. If there aren't other suitors for whatever reason, um, there is a package there that does make some sense um you know which I, I it wouldn't surprise me if it happened for the hornets name to get floated out there again yeah and especially because i mean on they've been linked they they obviously really like rosier they've been that's been mentioned a couple times and yeah it's just going to be finding this interesting kind of cross section of a team that can give you multiple win now players and draft picks and would have interest in him. And I I think, I mean, I'm sure the Hornets would have interest in him. I, I, like I said, I haven't done a ton of kind of thought exercises even on, on what other packages would be around the league. Um, I don't think this would be the top one, but I think it would be a, an interesting one, certainly. And especially if they're capable of throwing in two, three draft picks, then, that that certainly makes it a little more interesting considering the millions of draft picks the Lakers gave away to get him. They're, their cupboard is is bare. They're trading draft picks for like eighth graders right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the on the just on the as a side note, the Terry Rozier trade interest. You you said you wrapped your brain over summer a little bit about what that could be. I also looked at the Lakers roster and I was like, how on earth would the Lakers acquire like Terry Rozier unless it was like part of a wider Russell Westbrook trade? Um, I I don't suppose anything came to you or stood out to you in terms of how you think it would come down, go go down. Yeah, no, I just think it would be part of a Russ trade. Um, it would be the guy that they would want back. I would imagine if the Lakers do a trade for Russ, it would be like Russ for Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, is, and then however many draft picks and the draft capital and, and whatnot. Oh. But, I, yeah, I mean, that that would be committed to, to tanking, I guess, for, for the Hornets this year. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do that unless it was for both those picks, and I just don't know why the yeah. Lakers would move both those picks for those two players. Um, maybe you do it for one, and you put protections on one, so there's like a one and a half picks type deal, or it's a pick swap. I I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, if I mean Jordan is well known to like Russell Westbrook. Um, it's yeah. been well reported. You, you know, you Google Russell Westbrook, Michael Jordan, they've got a relationship, um, but. I just don't want anything to do with Russell Westbrook really on the court in Charlotte um, this season or in the future. But yeah, it kind of feels like now, if like maybe that would have happened if it hasn't already. Maybe or maybe like towards the trade deadline, if the season isn't going well, they do just trade for Westbrook and get pickups and draft assets. But if they want to move on from Gordon Hayward, you know, maybe that is something they look at. I, I don't know, but. Um, that's that's kind of everything I wanted to run through. I think we've touched kind of all sides of the the potential AD trade. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? Well, I would just say on the Russ thing, in my defense of him right now, he has fully accepted this bench role and like he has flourished in it. I don't think that changes anything in terms of teams trading for him. They're not trading for him as a player, but it does make certain situations more interesting with the Pacers, with the Hornets, where they have established point guards, Halliburton, Lamelo. Um, maybe they're more willing to trade for him and have Russ be a uh, the backup, and he is still a great teammate and mentor. Uh, maybe that changes things. I also I don't know how much it would really move that needle because, like I said, they they were never trading for him. As a player, it just makes it maybe an easier pill to swallow because you're not trading for him and then just sending him home and John Walling him or buying him out or anything like that. You're getting actual like on court and in practice production out of him. But yeah, I I don't unless the Lakers are just crazy high on Terry Rozier, which I love him and I think he would be awesome next to LeBron. But I, I just agree think as well. The, I think he'd be a really nice fit. Yeah, I just think that like the Pacers package of Miles Turner and Buddy Heald is kind of a better version of um, the Hornets trade in terms of like a, a player who has injury concerns and a shooter. They just are better fits in both regards. So I, if Terry Rozier was going to the Lakers, I see that as the only way, unless uh, I, I really, there is no unless and there. I don't see any other way for that, but like you said, I think with any rush trade at this point, like, especially with these types of deals, if it was going to happen, I think it would have happened already. So um, I don't even know how likely it is that the Lakers trade Russ at this point, if they're going to continue losing. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jacob, thanks a lot for your time. Thanks for coming on. Talk us a little bit about ID, a little bit about Westbrook. 
And uh, yeah, if, any, if anything happens in the space, we'll we'll definitely have you back on to kind of to break it down and, and look at it. But um, as as we both talked about, we both kind of think it's unlikely. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, anytime. All right.